and welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Kevin Decker. And I'm Tony Flynn. Today's episode of The Vestigial Season 11, episode 12, Like Walking on Really Bad Water. We're going to spend some time on what that means, who's in charge of walking on the water, what makes it bad. But we have to credit our fellow writer and performer, Scott Herrick, for the incisive view that this title evokes. It's a great title because it's deep. Yeah, if you're walking on really bad water, you're walking on the mucky bottom of the water, which Could includes be. broken bottles yeah, and bracken. rocks, yeah. the occasional waterlogged skeleton. I think it raises some issues like, what were Jesus's pet peeves? Right? Like, you know, folks who just complained and complained and complained until they got the miracle that raised them from the dead or cured their sight or something like that. And Jesus is like, okay. You're saying that Jesus rewarded whiners. Well, I think Jesus rewards everyone. So if you're a whiner or not, you're going to get somebody walking across really bad water for your benefit. I have no idea what that means. I don't know either, but I do know that Jesus must have had complaints. I mean, he was only half human. Let's remember that parable that's often used to uh, break labor unions. The vineyard one where people who come early in the day and they get this set, paltry, exploitive amount And then as workers keep coming till the very last hour of the day, they receive the same amount as those who began at 6 a.m. And we know what that parable is referring to. It says you can be evil, try to foment an insurrection, and then at your last moment of life, say, sorry, and then you go to heaven. The interesting thing, though, Tony, is if you foment an insurrection... There are a lot of people besides God who will be happy to forgive you before your deathbed. A lot of people who just will be happy to look the other way entirely. So in some ways, you know, this is not a Christian nation, right? No, it's not in the least a Christian nation. That's actually the best argument to uh, elbow aside the Christian nation business because there's a lot of forgiveness for an incredible crime (laughs) that elbows Jesus aside. It says... We don't want to talk to you. We want to talk to Tucker. Yeah, that's right. We're not interested in fairness and and divine justice. We're kind of interested in whoever gives us a sizzle up on the stage. The well-armed will always be forgiven, apparently. I like that. I think that's a new beatitude, (laughs) if I'm mistaken. Yeah, sadly, I don't think we are. But with this surly bit of theology behind us, we should talk about our segments. And all of these segments today are non-authored by me, but they are authored by you and Scott Herrick. And thank you, Kevin, for turning the spotlight on me. (laughs) The first segment is the fourth in the Bruno Calamari Norwegian Political Operative series. This is the debate prep. Mall security officer, second class Coors, running against the incumbent, Sheriff Spondi. They both have debate coaches And one of them involves a lot of slapping. I think debates should involve more slapping. There's not enough slapping in debates. After that, we have uh, a return to what's new with you. This one is about Crowlandia. Well, in this one, we have an interviewee who really puts the case for secession and the new country that's named Crowlandia for obvious reasons, bringing back some Jim Crow, making women properly subservient. He's looking ahead to that. Plus more guns. 
After that, a new one called Jack Shambles, Manchild of Mystery. And this is a, a fantastic character who emerges blinking into the early morning twilight of from his 11 a.m. Yeah, of 11 a.m. to find out that his support system has more or less uh, abandoned him. And there'll be a lot of laughter at his expense. And now it's time once again for Bruno Calamari, Norwegian political operative. Bruno Calamari, a 48-year-old recent graduate of Lower Heights Community College's program in political science and convenience store management, has launched a new career in managing political campaigns. To avoid arrest and detention by mall security officer's second-class coors, Bruno persuaded this well-meaning incompetent to run for sheriff with him Bruno as his campaign manager. Bruno deposited a campaign check from Coors, but then went on to collect a payoff from the incumbent, Sheriff Spondy, by promising to run Coors' campaign poorly. Meanwhile, Sheriff Spondy's secret handler, snake-like investigative reporter Angelina Van O'Reilly... Don't call me snake-like announcer. Sorry. I meant to say snake-like secret handler. Wait till I handle you, announcer. Do you have a trapdoor button, Angelina? What? No. Well, I do. As I was saying, listener, it's the afternoon before the big televised debate between the incumbent, Sheriff Spondy, and her hapless challenger, Mall Security Officer Second Class Coors, we now join Bruno and Coors in a back room at the mall for an intense coaching session. Come on, Coors, wake up. We are long overdue for your intense coaching session. Remember the debate? Huh? What? Oh, oh yeah. But uh, I usually take a nap around this time of day. Hey, now, that's quite enough slapping. Ugh, there better not be any slapping at the debate. There won't, will there? We'll see. It all depends on whether or not you stay awake for it. I will if and I have my leader of Mountain Dew there on the podium. Oh, fine. Well, that wasn't very promising, was it, listener? Let's now join Sheriff Spondy and Angelina Van O'Reilly as they prepare for the debate. Angelina, what happened to you? You look like you fell down a coal chute. Ah, uh, never mind. Just don't talk back to the announcer. It's not safe. <sighs> anyway, I'm exhausted. But I'm ready. Where do you want to start? The realtors? The police union? The Russians? The board of greater smelting? The local NRA chapter? I have all the notes. Their instructions are very clear. Yeah, well, you'll want to bring all that with you for the debate. But remember, you have to act all befuddled and confused. So whatever the question, rustle through your notes and answer every question with uptalk. But I'm the incumbent, Angelina. I'm very loyal to my donors, and I know what they want. We've been over this. If you come off smarter than that potato head course, you'll put people off. Seem uppity. Remember what happened to Al Gore? Yeah, yeah. 
Maybe I can just forget to show up. Would that be dumb enough for you? Okay, give me a question. What about the child labor force camp? That's still pretty controversial in some circles. Okay, so, Sheriff, you've been advocating for the child labor force camp for two years now, and we've seen no action on it yet. What's the holdup? Is Bruno Calamari making any progress with Mall Security Officer Second Class Coors? Let's see, listener. Come on, Coors. That's your second Mountain Dew in only a half hour. Aren't you awake yet? Well, my bladder's awake for sure. I'll be right back. So, are you going to walk off the debate stage whenever you feel like it? Only if I have to. I think we're all pretty curious to know what Sheriff Spondy's answer to the child labor force question is going to be, but this is radio, and I'm the announcer, so I say we just wait for second-class Coors to come back from his restroom opportunity. Ah, here he comes. Well, that took you long enough, Coors. Now don't get me started on my prostrate. That is on my issues, Bruno. Don't want to be indelicate. Okay, I'm ready. Throw me a question, but keep them softball. (sighs) Finally. Okay, here's a big one. Sheriff Spondy has been accused of being incompetent and ineffectual with getting the Lower Heights Child Labor Force Camp set up and functioning. What makes you think you'll be more effective in seeing this vital project through? Well, uh... Well, I I don't rightly know. To be fair, if I understand what you're asking, it seems like Sheriff Spondee's the one ought to be answering that question. Of course, that's completely idiotic. Wait, it's perfect. It makes no sense, so it's perfect. Throwing the question back at Sheriff Spondee is going to make her so confused, she'll either start stammering or else get all irritable. Either way, not a good look for a female candidate. So I done okay? Are we done now? I got some reading to do at home. I'm almost ready to start chapter two of the Zip Ties manual. Well, with that kind of prep, it's clear that Sheriff Spondy's in for a rough debate. Let's see if she's made any progress with her debate coach. Come on, Sheriff. Show him what you got. Play dumb. But smile. Pretend we're all your grandchildren. Or the ones you like seeing, anyway. Well, folks, like so many of you, I'm a grandparent. Or would have been if my kids weren't so selfish. If indeed they are my kids. You're getting off track. That's good. And children are our nation's future. Workforce, that is. And what better way to make that happen quickly than to enlist them in a child labor force camp? Who doesn't love sleepaway camp, am I right? Moms and dads sure do. And why the delay? Well, I'm just a mom, but it seems to me that a lot of kids head to the mall after school and during the summer and who works at the mall. None other than my opponent, who I'm sure means well in his own subversive way, but 
I see no greater obstacle to the Lower Heights Child Labor Force Camp than this guy who only claims to be as stupid as a sack of fish heads, Mall Security Officer Second Class Coors. That's all the time we have now for Bruno Calamari, Norwegian political operative. Tune in again next time when we'll hear Bruno say... So, if Coors wins, I get to play puppeteer for county law enforcement. If he loses, I get a $10,000 bonus from the Spondee campaign and years of blackmail rights. I had no idea my associate's degree would be so lucrative. Way to pay down my student loan. Roger Basement, winner of two awards for my pronunciation of the word lozenge. Today on the show, we have a word from Blast McDermott, one of the friendly folks down at Divorce Strategies with some exciting news. Well, howdy, everyone. Uh, We here at Divorce Strategies, much like yourselves, have probably been hearing more than a little muttering these days about how divided as a nation we've become, and, and no wonder. I certainly don't need to go into all that. But let's just go ahead and say the word. Secession. There, that wasn't so hard. And before you get all fussy and bent out of shape, let's dive a little deeper. No. My. Well, that's unpleasant. Don't you have uh, some errands to run? Well, our take on the situation is simply this. Why not let those folks who agree on so many issues become neighbors? Why, our focus group has even come up with a name for the new nation of Crowlandia, in honor of its spiritual founder, James Jim Crow. The citizens of Crowlandia, who, who live primarily in what modern political maps describe as red states, will find themselves suddenly in a new promised land with no more intrusive federal payments like Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare, national parks and monuments and protected lands located within Crowlandia will finally be put to some good use, and drilling will no longer be a term dentists alone celebrate. Background checks will apply only to see who's checking what out of our newly efficient 
politically streamlined libraries. And maybe best of all, women will go back to being all smiling and agreeable and grateful to the men in their lives and at the workplace, too. Oh, and also to their church pastors. That sounds fun, for some folks at least. Oh, and there's more. The confusing and misleading term red states, which some might associate with communism and socialism and the media, will be immediately phased out and promptly replaced by the more euphonious descriptor trigger states, honoring, of course, Roy Rogers' horse. And the trigger states will no longer appear red or pink on any political map, but rather as the more accurate color, semi-gloss living room beige. Well, secession is a complicated business, isn't it? Oh, we'll worry about the details shortly, but, but looky here, Roger, there's more. Crolandia law students will be required to take three semesters of Old Testament justice courses and complete a two-year missionary outreach program to either New York City or Burlington, Vermont. And all Confederate statues recently vandalized will immediately be carefully preserved by cryonic freezing until the impending rapture, at which point they will be awarded Southern Baptist iconic status, and as such will then be reinstalled both inside and outside the Crolandia Temple of Ammunition. You've really thought this through. So it's even more disturbing. And there's still more. Our new booster club called the Holster Bolsters are frankly uh, more than a little excited about finally being able to be both pro-life and pro-death penalty without being yelled at by the Democrat media. And, And plus, we have our very own Supreme Court. Naturally. What's not to like? And finally, what we like to say is secession rhymes with possession. And that's the one that matters. And, of course, protection. So, folks, pull the trigger. Be a holster bolster. And let's get after it. And thanks again for that little, very little, civics lesson in a bottle from our pal Blast McDermott and all his fellow rangers down at Divorce Strategies, where your motto again is... That's like we say, if you can't fight them, try whistling Dixie in the dark. Well, that makes a kind of sense, I guess. Sort of. Oh, gotta go, folks. Certain people are lining up to vote, and those voter lines won't disperse themselves. So long, everybody. Keep your flags flying while you can. Oh, I wish I was In the land of cotton Old times are not forgotten Look away, look away Look away, Dixieland Men in charge, do you have the clavicles for it?
You're enjoying the audio bromide, Men in Charge. And now, this. And now, it's time for Jack Shambles, Manchild of Mystery. Out of the darkness, out of the shadows, from behind those living room curtains comes a man, more man than child, more child than man, for whom basement dwelling is a way of life. Squinting in the glare of dawn shortly after 11 a.m. on a Tuesday, a Tuesday unlike any other Tuesday he has ever known, Jack Shambles climbs the basement stairs to the kitchen. Mom! Mom! Where's the food? Come on, I told you we were out of chocolate donuts. And where's the cola for my Cheerios? And where are the Cheerios? There was plenty yesterday. Mom, where are you? What's going on? Are you all mad again or something? Maybe she's out shopping. Still, I don't think my expectations are unreasonable. How hard can it be to keep the place stocked? Is that so much to ask? Well, at least there are a few pickles left. Wait a minute. This is empty except for some pickle juice. Ugh, yuck. What was I thinking? This is the worst day of my life so far. That text better be from Mom. I left you a voicemail. Fine, but learn to text, okay? Jack, you lazy, ungrateful little incel. I'm leaving you. Whoa, 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 what? Jack, you lazy, ungrateful little incel. I'm leaving you. Incel? Ugh, that's not fair. It's not exactly untrue, but it's still unfair. And what does she mean she's leaving me? She's my mom, not some girlfriend I don't have. But the message goes on. You're on your own. Find your own food. Pay some rent. Pay rent? With what money? Even if it means getting a job. Just as an inducement, I took all the food except the remaining pickle juice. You're welcome. So, Jack, you're up finally. Get any interesting voice messages? Who who are you? <laughs> I'm your stepdad, Morgan. My stepdad? Since when? Oh, about seven years now. And where was I when all this was going on? In the basement, of course, you lazy, ungrateful little incel. Ugh, you too? But you don't even know me. Of course I do. You live in the basement. Your mother does your laundry, provides all your food and shelter, or at least she has up until today. And you're 37 years old. What? I'm what? 37. No, I'm not. I'm 24. No. 29. Uh, wait. 37? Crap. Since when? Never mind. Anyway, what are you doing here? 
I'm here to gloat, mostly. Uh, but also to suggest that you get that debit card of yours to the grocery store right away before your mom remembers to cancel it. Oh, good idea. Thanks. Oh, uh, could you drive me? Mom usually will generally always bought the groceries, so... Sorry, Jack. I got stuff to do. I really just came by to have a few chuckles at your expense. But, but hey, Morgan, right? I know this is going to sound weird, but where's the store? How do we get there? Oh, I'm such a dope. I can just order food online. Take out. This account has been canceled. This account has been canceled. Damn it. I'll order from one of my computers. What? No Wi-Fi now? I'll reboot the router. Wait, where's the router? Mom took the router. What is this? Does she want me to die? I'll ask a neighbor. This is a neighborhood. There have to be neighbors. Uh, hi. I'm Jack. Jack Shambles from next door and, uh, Whoa, there, strange-looking man with no shoes. If you're from next door, how come I've never seen you before? I've been living here for 15 years. Well, I, uh, that is, uh, I've seen you. Really? Then what's my name? It's, uh, it's, uh, Viola. You don't know my name. You just read the name tag that I forgot to take off when I got home from work. And it's pronounced Vila. But I am Jack Shambles, your neighbor. Look, here's proof, my debit card. Let me see that. Hey, give me back my debit card. What was her name again? Irene? Irene, open up. I need my debit card back. That's all the time we have now for Jack Shambles, Manchild of Mystery. With no food, no phone, no money, and no internet, whatever is Jack going to do? And without a debit card, does Jack Shambles really exist? If it turns out he does, tune in again next time when we'll hear Viola, the next door neighbor, say. Beat a kid, or I'm calling the cops. We'd like to thank Nancy Roth, Ryan Weldon, Ann Porter, Kevin Decker, Scott Herrick, and Tony Flynn. We'd also like to thank the authors for today's sketches, Tony Flynn and Scott Herrick, as well as The Bad Plus for our theme song. And we'd like to express appreciation to our team of hyper-individualist opportunists, Vern Windham, Carrie Boyce, Nancy Roth, Nisha Schramm, Savannah Rothy, and three-time winner of the Manchester All-England Brick Hod Carrying Competition, Ryan Lindsay. 